Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. I'm here today with Bryce and Brant Aberg. They're brothers, work for Cushman Wakefield, have one of the best teams, and welcome to the show. This is the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. I am your host, John Maddox. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks for having us. And I'm, I'm going to correct you. You said one of the best teams. Um, I would say the best team. Nice. Nice. Well, hey, it's mindset, right? It's mindset. But also the numbers tell tell the story. Numbers do do speak volumes for sure. And nice. the invitation with you coming here. Yeah, because I didn't I didn't invite any other teams, right? Right. Well, helps that I know you guys. So. It, 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 <laughs> it does help. So um, sales definitely plays a huge part in in commercial real estate. Tell tell me like how big of a part it is, or kind of how your your sales team works. You wanna go first? Uh sure. So again, so, you know, sales is, you know, means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And the way that we look at our business and as far as how we approach the sales, you know, from really when we first started this, you know, is, you know, really diving in and creating the relationships. And I think the relationships are what really drives our sales. So, right. you know, making, making, you know, the client or trying to make the client a friend of yours and, and really, you know, and a, a real friend and not just, you know, not just a superficial or a, an opportunity for you to get somewhere, but actually someone that you can really enjoy your time with. And that, right. and that turns into business. So yeah, like people like to do business with people they like. Absolutely. Right? So like if I'm, if I have a choice, do I do business with Bryce and brand or do some other person and they're not as fun or they're not doing stuff that's, you know, that's totally. Yeah. So you guys, you know, to, to kind of get clients, you know, you're not only, you know, experts at what you do and what you know, like, you know, the analytics, you know, the, the price points, you know, all the, all the commercial real estate stuff, but you also, you know, take them out to dinner, right? You, you, you create a relationship, maybe play golf Do like, what kind of things do you do to, to help solidify these, these relationships? We do a lot of client entertaining, Yeah, but like Bryce said, it's all about relationships. And, and I think what differentiates us as well as from a sales standpoint is taking, like Bryce said, the, the sales out of it, but just being transparent, being consistent yeah. so that everybody knows what what they're getting and that you're operating, you know, with the best ethics in mind and then building right. those relationships on top of that. That's so you cool. really create long, you know, strong bonds with clients. Right. And so I, I imagine, especially in commercial real estate, you have repeat kind of business, right? Repeat yeah. buyers, repeat clients. And, you know, some of them, some of the deals you do, I know is, is leasing space, right? So you do sales and leasing. Right. So uh, the leasing probably is every few years, maybe you get it repeat, but um, you know, the other, the other, Stuff is like you know, sales. You might sell one building, but maybe they'll, they're expanding, right? They're buying more. So you yeah. have to keep that relationship going, right? Yeah, I would say as far as, you know, for what I do, again, I do sales only on the capital market side, really up and down the entire West Coast. And and a lot of these clients are all repeat business. There's not a very a lot of new clients. It's mostly repeat business. So the way you treat the client, the way that you interact with the client, the way you handle the sale, the way that you... Uh, proactively approach the sale, you know, clients remember that and yeah. clients, you know, will, will, will make sure that again, they want to do business with people that they like as well. Right, so right. it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, if you do the right thing, if you have the right process, if you're upfront and you're transparent, like Brant was saying, you know, clients want to do more business with you and repeat business. So right. it's one of these things where, you know, at first it's very difficult to get clients and it's very easy to lose clients. So it's probably yeah. competitive, right? It's, it's extremely competitive. competitive. And if you, you know, if you do, you know, uh, again, clients remember, you know, what you did for them, you know, the most recent deals, whatever, sure. whatever the case may be is. So 
it's not always what have you done for me lately, but it's but it's a situation where clients do remember how you were how they were treated. Yeah. And you know, if you can hold yourself up to the utmost height as far as you know treating them as you know, like what you've been taught from when you were a little kid is you know treat people how you want to be treated. That's right, exactly how we that, that's yeah. exactly how we approach sales. Nice. So again, it's all relationship. It's all you know, process oriented, you know, again, our team is extremely process, process oriented from start to finish, as mm -hmm. well as, you know, making sure that we, we create the relationships for long term. Right. So it's good. Yeah. So well, and also this is a long term business, right? So right. people always remember the way that you treated them on that last deal, even if they didn't work out or, sure. you know, how you responded to a situation and people tend to have long memories yeah. and stuff. Right. So you don't want to, you know, burn a bridge, burn a relationship over something that's kind of short-sighted in the grand scheme of things. Does it also give you uh, referrals, right? Like when you treat someone really well, you close a deal, you know, business owners, because you guys are in the industrial space. So, you know, they're business owners that are usually doing this. You of know, course, for sure. And so I can imagine that they would refer other business owners to you guys. Like, oh, you got to use brand Bryce or Bryce, you know, whatever. Totally. Like, yeah. Aberg team, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's no way. We do over 200 transactions a year. And without yeah. the relationships and the support of other clients in the past, there's no way we'd be able to do that kind of volume without right. a little bit of help in the right direction. Yeah, last year we did a little over 200, 200 transactions for like almost $750 million in sales. That's huge. And yeah, I mean, again, you know, put that in perspective for the average team on in terms of leasing, the average team probably does half of that in terms of volume. But because of our track record and because of, you know, how we, how we treat the client, how we treat the process, how we treat the sales process. Um, there's a lot of repeat business and, yeah. you know, again, a lot of the same clients doing business with each other. And right. that's how we've been able to grow and kind of snowball our business. Is there one thing that you think you could say, this is like one of the biggest keys to that success? Cause I mean, you're right. Most teams do way less than that. So you know, there's, there's something to be said that you guys are doing that's different, right? Like you guys are doing, you're entertaining, but there's, there's gotta be like, what do you think the number one thing? I think be? accountability is huge in our yeah. business. I mean, for, for teams internally to stay accountable to one another yep. for your goals and what you're going to do and what your commitment is to the team members or to the company, but also to your clients. It's, it's right. easy in any aspect of sales to give a bunch of lip service or, you know, a lot of empty promises. Um, but it's surprising to see how few people actually follow up when they say they're, I mean, just sales one-on-one doing what you're you saying, doing what you say and, and setting follow goals, through, follow setting through, goals. Exactly. And yeah. And then, and then also to just process, you know, having a very streamlined process, you know, over the years we were able to fine tune our process. So, yep. you know, again, because of the amount of volume and because of, you know, the amount of transactions that we do, we have to have a seamless process because if you have one yeah. little, one little, you know, kink in your armor, mm -hmm. it definitely can topple you know, from the top down. So, right. you know, I'm involved with every transaction, Brant's involved with every transaction. So we see, I know what's going on, you know, with the entire team at all times, mm -hmm. you know, very big in accountability with our team. You know, death by meeting is, is something that, 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 you know, we, we try to really live by as far as, you know, we don't want to overkill our, our, our team meetings, but we do have very structured meetings throughout the week. Right. Um, do for, you use any kind of format for that or do you? Yeah. So, so over time, I mean, again, we've read every possible sales book there is every possible, you know, you know, you know, get better, get help, you know, help yourself, you know, right. book. And we've been able to tailor, you know, a process that works extremely well for our team. And it's not necessarily that work for every team, but mm -hmm. we were able to, you know, streamline our process, you know, meeting, you know, beginning of the week to start the week off midweek, just to check up, make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And then, you know, into the week to kind of recap and look for right. future goals. And again, that's been really helpful for us. Um, and then again, just being accountable, you know, yeah. being accountable to each other, being accountable to our team, being accountable to our clients, to ourselves primarily as well. 
That's good. Yeah, those meetings are important too, just from a from a time management standpoint. Everybody right. gets busy, or they think they get busy, right? And so you start to lose focus of you know, tracking deals or figuring out where the next growth opportunity is or what's going on in the pipeline, right? And next thing you know, you know, weeks gone by and nothing's happened if you're not managing your time properly, right? Um, which is the you know you killer do a for lot sales. of busy work, but you don't get a lot accomplished yeah. unless you have those goals and milestones. Exactly. Totally. If you're not like tracking that. that stuff closely, you know, you end up with uh, no paycheck at the end of the month, right? Which, which we, we don't all like know. That. Which nobody we likes that. We do not like that. <laughs> in sales, you know, it's feast or famine and it's you eat what you kill and, yeah, you know, absolutely. and all that. So uh, how important is it to know your weaknesses? Because like, and, I, and I'm talking about your team, right? So like you guys have really high strengths in certain areas. I know because you're, you're in, you know, very, um, you know, I don't want to say intense, but sort of intense people like, you know, but that's kind of what, what are you saying, what, John. <laughs> that's what kind of what you need to have for success, right? Not sure. This is a positive. Um, but like, like how, how important is, cause, cause sometimes, you know, your strength is, can be your weakness, right? So, totally. yep. um, when you build your team out and I think a lot of our viewers, you know, they might be, you know, your one person shop or you there, they might be, you know, thinking about building a team so that they can scale their business. So like when you guys decided to scale your business and create this team, which, what, how many people do you have now on your team? We have nine on the team and, and, you know, for, for us, you know, what the, what, what the hardest part of, uh, of a salesperson to, is to do is typically people want to hang out with people like themselves. <laughs> right. And I would be a horrible employee to myself. Right. And, and, and I know that. For so sure. Right. Right. Really being able to really look at what my strengths are and what brand strengths are and then really fill those holes in. Yeah. Because again, you know you want to you, you want to create a team that you can leverage everyone's best qualities. Yeah. Someone's more detailed, someone's more right. process oriented, someone wants to be on the phone, someone wants to be a closer, someone wants to be an opener. Someone loves you know, marketing. Someone loves marketing, right. someone loves the marketing aspects of it. You have to really look at your team and make sure that it's well-rounded so you don't have any, you know, any chinks in your armor. Making sure that you right. do have, you know, someone that can take care of really any situation and then mm -hmm. also putting processes in place so if you know, God forbid something happens to me or something happens to Brant, you know, the team still moves on. Right. You have you some know, redundancies. Redundancies and just making sure that, you know, again, in sales, making sure that you have, you know, all your bases covered. And if worst case scenario, something happens, making sure that there's someone there to back you up. Yeah, that's good. Well, I think what we found on our team too is, you know, some guys, you know, strengths and weaknesses complement the others so much that they're you know, an expert. So everybody on our team has a silo yeah. of what they do from like they're, marketing they're... to accounting to Capital right. markets, sales, leasing, whatever the case is. That's good. And they're the expert in that. And then it, we segregate even further from, you know, transaction size or clientele or whatever the case is right. to make sure that they're best suited for the, for the opportunity. That's great. Yeah. You want to find people that have those strengths so that you can, you know, I think any business person can really be do well if they have like, okay, I'm not great at this marketing thing. So I'm going to hire someone who's right. great at marketing. I mean, they're not probably good at this other thing, but that doesn't matter. Cause totally. they're going to do cause someone else will be better at it. Exactly. So again, just making sure that everybody like brand said, working really siloed. So making sure that everyone is really the best within their, within their field and within their, you know, line of sight. So like, I think some people that, don't they're kind of opposed to a team mentality they like to just do it their own eat what they kill you know they don't want to share you know in our business it's called bips right you guys probably have bips too but like um it's it's you know i don't want to give up any of my bips to an assistant or to a team member because like how how much do you think you can scale if you do this right by getting a team and and does it does it really hurt like is it is it okay to give up those bips like does it does totally. that help like in the team yeah i mean mentality? i think that's a old way of you know the world a way right. of operating right it's like that 
the opportunity of what any physical person, regardless of how good you are at your right. job, is limited. And you have a ceiling on yourself by a one man, one woman show. Right. I mean, with with the ability to scale, you can not only sharpen your own skills and get better, but right. you actually can you know reach more people. And, and you have to give up something for right. that. But then it's almost like you get but a the bigger pie. Gets pie bigger, right? right? But so yeah. Plus, yeah, you want to have one plus one equal three. It's not you know right. it's not one of those one plus one equals twos. And in the situation, reality is is that. You know, the old way of thinking, like Brant said, is lone wolf. You yeah. know, the brokerage model was, yeah. I'm I'm my lone wolf. I don't want to share. I don't want to, you know, participate in in this team concept because I think it's going to make me less money. Right. When reality is that is the absolute worst to think like. You know, you mm-hmm. got to think. You might give up a little bit more in the beginning. Oh, for sure. But then, you know, in the long run, you're just doing way more. If you're hiring the right people well, right. and you have the right team around you, there's no you question thinking, the team right? is the most you know, beneficial thing for everyone. And it, it also comes down to quality of life too. Yeah. And uh, again, true. we all have to work. We right. all have to provide for our families, but at the end of the day, you want to work with people you like, but, but you know, and, and want to be around, but then also, you know, you want to be able to trust people that when, you know, say you do want to, you know, take a little time off here and there, which right. we r- rarely do. But, but when you do, um, you want to be able to know that your business is still moving. And when you're right. a lone wolf and you're out of the office, business stops. True. And that's just, yeah. that's just, you know, the wrong way of thinking. Again, we don't, you know, we don't look at the team just for that. You know, we look at the team because it, it is by far the only way to go in sales. Again, right. leveraging everyone's skills. Um, there's always going to be someone that that's going to work harder than you and trying to get that person on your team. That's, huge. that's the goal. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the landscape's changed a lot in sales and yeah. for, for all industries of sales, like yeah. the, the competition's way more fierce. It's a lot higher. Everybody's skill set needs to be elevated. The information that's so accessible by Google Right. And people being able to do their own research, right. and you have to have a competitive advantage of how to like dissect and really understand and convey the information. Right. So you know, in order to be able to do that efficiently, you have to have all the right people on the team to be able to help dissect that. I mean, I'll great. give you an example of it. I mean, Brant, you know, literally, and I hate to say it because he's right next to me right now, but he he was or is one of the most aggressive when it comes to sales, mm-hmm. and you know, he's getting getting to the ripe age of thirty eight now. <laughs> I was. And, sunset. <laughs> and there's already, I mean, I, you can see there's already younger guys that are hungrier. Uh, yeah, the, 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 you know, they don't have a, they don't have, and again, dog, they don't have a girlfriend. They don't have, you know, I would say that he could that stack takes up time up in your life. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could say he could stack Hopefully up anybody out there as far as when it went, give him a phone, give him a phone book. Yeah. You know, he would, he would murder the phones. But I think at the end of the day, you know, as we get older and, and we get more mature in our, in our view of the business, you know, you, you tend to do things maybe a little more streamlined, but it's always good to have that. I mean, his nickname was the honey badger for a reason. You know, he, he did whatever. <laughs> honey don't care. He doesn't honey care. Badger honey badgers care. do not care. And he'll do whatever <laughs> it takes anything. <laughs> to make that happen. And, right. you know, he still has the honey badger in him. Don't get me wrong. But, right. you know, there's, 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 there's younger, younger honey badgers out there. What are you that, saying? You, do you want to fire Brant right now? Not yet. But, <laughs> Sounds like But it. that might happen on this call. can't believe you didn't call Bryce out for just saying to pick up the phone book. <laughs> just dating yeah, yourself there. The, the yellow pages? The white pages? <laughs> uh, the Thomas Guide. The Thomas Guide. Jeez, tough crowd uh, around are, here. We are dating ourselves right now. Yes, this is, we are. <laughs> so now is it, what is it? The Google pages? What is? What, what do you use to use call people? Use the phone Brent? book still. Or do use you your Rolodex. Get on the line. Get, get on the on the line. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys have a way to, you guys don't just show up at the office and then just let the day hit you. You guys have some priorities, right? Like do you do some stuff the night before, like some to do's, like what is kind of your secret when it comes to organization? So as a team, we go through, as Bryce mentioned on Mondays and just lay out the calendar, 
you know, fully transparent with everybody on the team, mm-hmm. delegate who needs to be doing what, what the schedules look like, what the goals are. Um, that's more of a high level. Right. And then on an individual basis, I know like for myself, I'll set up kind of the calendar and make sure everything's organized the night before. Right. And I've actually gotten into a routine that Bryce makes fun of me for all the time for all the calls that I have set up in a day. Mm-hmm. I'll set an alarm on my phone for okay. a minute before because we just get flooded with so many calls, businesses right. you know, constantly coming from every direction. And so it's uh, it's just the checks and balances to make sure that I'm not missing anything. Right. Um, so if you're I will in the same say, office, you have an alarm going off every beep, 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 beep. 45 minutes. I will say it's very annoying, but it's very uh, successful as far as, I mean, because I, right. I miss calls sometimes where I'm like 30 seconds late and I hate being late. Right. Being punctual is key for, for sales. Yeah, because you're late. And when they, you're late and they, you just. That sends an impression, right? Yeah, like you don't care. But reality right. is, is you just, you know, everyone gets busy, especially working in this COVID world now. We're working remotely. You know, his process actually has been really beneficial. But again, you know, starting your week off with the team, going through the calendars, making sure everyone knows exactly what everyone's doing, being accountable to the team. And then, you know, every night prioritizing your day for the next day, always preparation, planning, preparation, planning is what it it takes takes to be successful. Five minutes or less, right? It's it's not that long. Open up your app, whatever app you use, or just take your pen out and be like, okay, tomorrow I want to do da 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 There's not an aspect of of sales or or just being in any of these industries that doesn't take preparation. Some of it's really quick. Other stuff like, you know, sales one-on-one basic cold calls, doing research, in advance. Yeah, is, you want to know what you're up against. You know, 75% more probable to have a you know, successful outcome than not doing it. I mean, a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff, again, just going back to the basics that people forget right. all the time, which has directly benefited and helped us out with our business. That's good. You mentioned COVID, so I'll bring it up. Um, commercial real estate has really devastated some retail and some, and some offices, yes. right? And you guys are Absolutely. industrial, which... We all use Amazon. We all use, you know, we all are ordering products and things online. And so, so tell, give us a quick update on just commercial real estate in general, like from each, you know, each. Yeah. So so I will definitely say there's definitely winners and there are losers in this whole COVID game. And I will tell you industrial, um, by far has, has outweighed all product types for, for, for commercial real estate. So commercial real estate, you really have four, four products. You have multifamily, you have office, retail, and industrial. Yep. Multifamily industrial have been the strongest over the last few years, but industrial has soared um, above all. Um, and a lot of that's related to e-commerce. You know, 3PLs, e-commerce, same day delivery has made up for like 70% of all total absorption for the, for the across the entire country. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, again, I don't see that going away. I don't see that being a fad. Right. Uh, I don't know how many times I, for anybody listening on this, on this podcast that, they go home from work and they see these little brown boxes in front of their house. And oh, yeah. before I would get really upset thinking that my wife's out shopping for shoes and hats and watches and clothes. And now it's like, and she is, but and she probably is, but reality now it just is, shows up on her doorstep. A lot of right. the stuff though is dog food. It's toothbrushes. It's, right. it's, it's just normal day to day stuff that you need that why go to the store when you can have it in the same day or the same hour. That's true. And a lot of that is, is all that relates back to industrial. Right. So industrial real estate has been on a boom Yep. And it's been, you know, last year was one of our best years. This year will be one of our best years, you know. And, you know, it's it's sad to say that a couple of the, uh, w- within our own industry um, that are, you know, having a hard time out there right now, especially retail. Yep. You office know, space. Office, yeah. office is starting to come back a little bit. But, you know, I will yep. say retail has gotten hit the hardest yep. um, as well as office space. And, um, you know, again, you know, just thank God that, you know, call it 20 plus years ago, we decided to be industrial and kind of, you know, we, we kept that path when it wasn't the most popular, wasn't the coolest, wasn't the sexiest type of real estate. Right. But now uh, we are the pretty girl at the dance. 
<laughs> which is pretty nice to be, That's you know, nice to be, yeah. yeah, it's a good That's place. A good point in, in, in business in general is, you know, staying focused on a business plan and staying the course. There's mm-hmm. a lot of guys in, in every sector, buddies of ours or other businesses where they, they shift to go after the, the new, you know, shiny, whatever that is. Yes. New latest and greatest. Yeah. And, um, and you know, nine times out of 10, that ends up not being successful because it was, you know, a point in time or a fad or whatever the case is. They mm-hmm. couldn't be specialists, which the market prefers right. uh, across the board. Um, I mean, it's so, probably a time when industrial was was a little bit on the struggle, right? It was like because for sure. I mean, eight, nine, and ten weren't a lot of fun, right? <laughs> for, no, any, for anybody, for but anybody, particularly but for the product of industrial. I mean, low rents, a lot of vacancy. You know, it was mm-hmm. a it was a different was that, time. That was a time when I think a lot of our you know industrial stuff was being done overseas too, right? A lot so, of stuff was yeah. done overseas, and some you of know, that's come back to to like in America. We we build stuff more again, right? Right. And Manufacturing well, definitely like, onboarding for sure. And, uh, and then we got to store all the stuff that's coming from China, right? Well, and like, then like you said with your earlier question about COVID, I mean, everything was already on track and guiding away from big box retail yep. um, as it relates to commercial real estate and industrial. But what happened with COVID is it was uh, on pace for a three to five year plan that changed to you know 60 to 90 days. Right. Where your parents weren't ever ordering anything online and then all of a sudden they're they doing it. how to do it. Constantly, you know, you know everybody that was doing it before is doing it that much more. Right. And so it just skyrocketed and it doesn't have to, you know, started to hit the tip of the iceberg yet. It's not even Amazon. I mean, Amazon obviously is, is we, we call the it easiest. the Amazon effect yeah. uh, or the Amazon effect, but it's reality is all the other three PLs. It's DHL, right. it's FedEx, it's XBO, it's UPS, it's, it's Target, it's Home Depot. It's, they're all doing Nordstrom. They're all doing same day delivery these days. Right. So, right. and you know, it's Amazon is definitely in front of everybody because mm-hmm. they're the biggest, right. but there's a lot of other but companies that are becoming more expensive now too, right? Like a lot of their stuff's exp- like you could go to Target and buy yeah. the same thing that you could buy on Amazon for way cheaper at Target now. But, but they had the convenience factor. Yeah, the convenience. They also and have I the think infrastructure. They're realizing that that is more valuable. I mean, people were afraid at one point to go out of their houses or they couldn't. Right. And so there's there's a premium that you know they should be able to charge for that. Yeah. But plus, at some point that'll normalize with other money, competitors. It's, it's just easier. But the amount of infrastructure, yeah, exactly. the amount of infrastructure that Amazon has put in place now. I mean, yeah. you know, with with these big distribution facilities, and then they have yeah. these last mile facilities that are all. You know, as close to rooftops as you possibly can get. I mean, having that infrastructure is what they've done a really good job at. And again, that's directly benefit you know towards industrial. Not that this conversation is all about Amazon, is it? But no, you know, but, but I mean, that it's, being it's said, it's a big part of our lives. Part of our lives these days, yeah. exactly. In going back to two thousand eight, nine, so and ten. To, I, I just, for my own knowledge, you you have the big Amazon centers. Yeah. Then you have smaller ones that are closer to neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. So and those have, are the industrial little buildings. That yeah. You'll right. So you'll have stuff that comes in. For example, if we're talking about overseas, stuff that comes into the port, it'll go typically to the Inland Empire. And then gets distributed to larger hubs that they'll have, mm-hmm. um, like a 3.2 million square foot facility that they're building right now down in downtown San Diego okay. or south of the border. Um, and then from there, they'll have smaller hubs, more local and regional called Last Mile, where well, they'll be able to distribute, you know, within a couple hours be from like that location. Maybe a 10,000 foot building or what, no, what are those so the Last Miles are about 100,000 square feet. Okay. They're still huge. They're, yeah. they're, they're pretty good size. And they're doing like between, call it 50 to 70,000 packages a day. Out wow. of these sites, yeah, it's remarkable. It's wow. it's crazy, yeah. It's it's been amazing to see just the infrastructure of uh, of of how it all works together, and yep. it's been fun to be on this side of the table, really understanding, being able to, you know, being a consultant and really helping these companies grow. Mm-hmm. You know, and w- w- we do a lot of work for Amazon, and we're selling and a lot companies of stuff that and sell through Amazon. Through right? all, there's a ton all, of all the and support companies for Amazon. I mean, I think where Amazon does come into correlate with. 
with sales and kind of the purpose of all of the conversations is going back to their process. Right. I mean, everything is so systematic they and built streamlined a and cool organized. Platform, right? They build a platform that it's just kind of a, you know, dummy proof, go out and do this and you can replicate that in any market. Yep. And it's the same thing with what, you know, all of our businesses are. I mean, That's it's good. not geographically driven. It's, it's customer driven. Right. There's a lo- huge demand now for so much stuff. I mean, like for you said. same day. I mean, no one wants to wait for two weeks now. Yeah. I mean, if like someone says shipping, ship in two to four that. weeks, yeah. you're like, over here. next. Yeah, no one, <laughs> right? yeah, that's just the way that we all think now. And, and if you're going to change our, the way that we think, and the way that we shop, I mean, it's definitely a direct, direct benefit for industrial. So it's been nice to see this change. Yeah. So back to the team thing. What do you do when, you know, you've you built a team, you got a great, but like, you know, none of us are perfect. One of your team members dropped a ball, dropped the ball on a big deal. How do you handle that? You know, do you, obviously there's time when you times when you need to fire someone, right? You got to get rid of them, which is tough in California. But when you when someone drops the ball on your team, like what do you how do you deal with like to show them that they messed up? Or, yeah. So I, so again, we don't let things escalate too far, and we don't we don't create resentment re- resentments on the team. So fierce conversations is what happens quite frequently. Mm-hmm. So if someone yeah. someone does something quickly quickly right, right. out of the gate. Yep. Because if you let things fester and you let things build and you, let, and you don't confront that employee or, or partner or whatever right out of the gate. Or even let your client know this happened. Or, or yeah, I mean, again, so the best advice I can say is when, when there's an issue, attack it right out of the gate. Right. And, you know, again, handle it with finesse. Right. Also Obviously, figure out wanna... what how it happened, right? I mean, yeah. sometimes you got to look in the mirror a little bit and figure out was there not right mentoring going on was there something that you know we could have done to help out is there not enough communication sure you know because everybody people make mistakes sometimes it's it's just a mistake yeah and other times it wasn't you know enough you know finger on the pulse or attention to a specific situation that could have been caught in advance it's also right. lead by example too i mean again i make mistakes every minute i feel a like lot. you know and you know be, being able to you know self <laughs> self load Look at the mirror, understanding that okay, I, I made mistakes. You know, right. how, how can I get better? And really, should leading by example. So if I make a mistake, confront. You know, right out of the gates and hey, I made a mistake. Yeah, and, being able to humble, being able to take be, criticism. Humility right? is key. You know, and being able to take criticism is key in sales. And it's hard because we're also Type A and we all think that we know everything. And sure. you know, being able to really listen yeah. and pause right. are things that I work on daily, which we'll get into more um, throughout this podcast. But really, you know, being able to you know, confront the situation, have that fierce conversation out of the gate because passive aggressiveness does not work in sales. And there's yeah. a lot of passive aggressive salesmen out there. Sure. And unfortunately they get left by the wayside, yep. you know, because yeah. there's going to be teams that are stronger teams that are, you know, more diligent with each other and being able to confront that problem right out of the gate, mm-hmm. I think is the best way. That's good. Well, the more you're able to help others grow too, it's yeah. just going to be a direct benefit for the clients, for the team. Right. You know, if everybody's a spoke on the wheel, the strength of that obviously is impactful to the success of the whole group. So that's good. Yeah, you want it's your worth. team. You want your team to be fully. You know, every time you pour into one of your team members, they're gonna. It's gonna help your whole team for 100%. sure. And loyalty yeah. as well. I mean, it takes. There's so much time invested in right. these people. I mean, as you know, yeah, you, you invest so much blood, sweat, and tears into grooming people and trying to teach them the right ways and how to grow. <laughs> and you know, if if you don't have their loyalty in return, it's right. then you got to start back at square one. Right, which is painful over. for everybody. Yeah. Just yeah. cost time is just, I mean, time is, is so valuable. And it's one thing you can't get back in this world. Yeah. Right. So it's, you know, you can make, you can make money, you can lose money, but time is one of those things that just, yeah. it's gone when, when it's gone. That's and it takes, it takes a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. When to, you lose someone you've invested in and you're just Oh, like, it's heartbreaking it's, sometimes. 
Yeah, it's painful. But it, yeah. happens. it happens. And, it does and happen. that's what people are scared about growing teams. They're worried about, well, I'm going to put all this time and I'm going to teach someone all my tricks and all, all my secrets and then they're going to go out and start, start their, their own, own team. Yeah. Well, you know what? At least you're going to you know have a have a competitor that does it the right way. Yeah. And you know I think I mean? part and, of it is you got to, you know, obviously throughout your career you learn what, you know, who not to hire hopefully, right? Yeah. You don't want you yeah, don't want you someone can, you can you know is an entrepreneur because you can some people are, you know, built to be entrepreneurs some people are not you know so you know you you find one that you know will just sort of love to be number two and that's good you, you need that right or like someone who's in the in the you know that wants to support versus just go loan like yeah i think when it think comes to sales though i'm looking for rock stars at all times i right. want someone that wants to be me or wants to yeah. beat me at all yeah. times and that's always going to create competition and that's you know, internal competition is, is good. good. Yeah. yeah and if you sure. pay them right and you make it so they've got everything at their fingertips, it's going to be hard for them to recreate what you guys did. Then no matter what, though, know, people are going to come and go. The reality is you can't just recreate it either, right? I mean, there's right. so many, you know, self-helps and sales training courses and everything. Yeah. The reason why these guys are so successful is because they'll give you all this list of things that you should do and nobody ever does it. Most people don't do so, it. So, I mean, they'll, yeah, they'll look at so this. True. I mean, it's like the, you know, the, the golden playbook of just dummy proof sales. This is how you're going to be successful. Yeah. And guys let it fall by the wayside. Here's so, the secret to, to climbing Mount Everest. being done. You still have to climb Mount you Everest. You have to still climb totally. it. Totally. You know what I mean? And like, a lot of people just inherently, either if it's lazy or lack of the team support that's already been created, yeah. um, or lack of, you know, being able to figure out how to get to that next step is the biggest hindrance to be able to get them, right. you know, to really pick up the ball and run with it and leave the team type of concept. Yeah. For sure. So this is called this is called the million dollar mortgage experience for a reason. We like big deals. I'm sure you guys like big deals. When you see a big deal kind of opportunity that comes and presents itself, you know you have to make a good first impression with this team or this client. What what are some of the things that you guys do to prepare for that, and what are some of the things you do to make that first impression? So again, use the word preparation, but that's everything. So yeah, preparing yeah. for it, being diligent, making sure you you know, understand what the real needs are of the client, understanding what the, what the real business plan is, and then bringing a, your own creative idea to the plan. I mean, again, there's a lot of, there's a lot of competition out there. There's mm -hmm. a lot of good brokers out there. There's a lot of good salesmen out there, but how you differentiate yourself is being creative, you know, yeah. really understanding yeah. what the, what the needs are of the client, not your needs as a salesman, but what the client's needs are and really address them is kind of critical. And do you do a little bit of homework before like, like Intel, like you, you try to do as much research, research in advance yeah. as possible. Find um, out who their favorites. But then also just realizing when 100%. you're putting the you know presentation together, there's nothing's off the table yeah. or a dumb idea. I mean, as far as you can possibly reach and we've had some pretty extreme, you know, ideas before. Right. Um, but you know, utilizing technology and the way that you can, you know, put 3d imagery together and commercials and, I mean, mm -hmm. technology is endless with the ability of things that you can do these days. Yeah. Um, it's how much you know, time and dollars you're willing to invest. Uh, do, you, do you kind of go for the wow factor? Like you want them to Every go, time. Every, wow. Like for this, sure. Yeah. Blow their socks off, get them, you know, make sure yeah. that they're... The information is all pretty similar, right? Right. For, for brokers or, I mean, depending on what side of the business you're on, or excuse me, regardless what side of the business you're on, all the information's yeah. more or less the same. Right. So having that wow factor and having a big mic drop to be able to come in and show and demonstrate how, yeah. you know, creative you are and how proactive you are and aggressive you are is right. a, a big differentiator. For I mean, sure. we've done everything from private planes, helicopters, you know, jumping out of planes, you know, skydiving, yeah. you know, everything you can imagine extreme we've done with, with, with our clients Yeah, hunting. I mean, whatever, whatever it's, whatever it's it takes, there, whether, right? whatever it takes, 
you know, like, all the professional sports out. games, what, what, whatever they in, they're into, right. you know, there's, yeah. you know, by the, you know, because of our team size, because of us having a lot of, a lot of bodies, you know, someone on the team is good at something right. that they're going to like, whether it be fishing, whether it be hunting, whether it be surfing, whether it football be games, wh- whatever, whatever yeah. football, hockey, baseball, whatever, basketball, right. whatever Golfing. sport, golf, whatever it is. Really being able to be well rounded, I think, is good for sales as well. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, you don't you don't have to be an expert in, in in everything, but you're getting to be good at most things. Right. So I think it's good to making sure that your uh, that, that that your skills are sharpened. But you know, that kind of goes into our to to our next topic about wellness. Yeah. You know, wellness is is critical within the sales force, and we can talk a little more about that in the future here. But you know, being able to you know, really understand, you know, what the client's needs are and then attack that from the most aggressive wow factor you can, I think is critical yeah. in the, in the, in the, in today's sales world. That's good. How, how, when do you know when to sort of hit the brakes? Cause like, you know, some of us can be a little bit, I don't mean like hit the Never. brakes, like, <laughs> like, like what I mean, like when you're selling someone, right. You don't want to oversell. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what I mean, you don't want to like, you want to wow them, but then you don't want to you know, sit around and, and, you know, waste their time or well, take body, too much nobody time, wants right? to be body sold, language, is, right? Yeah. Body language is key. Yeah. I mean, and, but nobody wants to be sold. Yeah. I mean, demonstrating, you know, why you're an expert and what you have that differentiates you from everybody else, I think is really important. Right. But really, if you're you good go at what you do, you should yourself. be able to demonstrate that without just having a, you know, Aber group commercial. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the yeah. worst thing that, you know, sometimes you can get caught up into over demonstrate. Yeah. Like um, I think that a lot of people fall into that trap of like, I need to tell them how amazing I am. Yeah. Where where yeah. that's not the key of sales. Sales sometimes is about listening, right? Listening like and also figuring asking out the right questions. Yeah. What, what's important to them? I mean, right. it's there has to be a piece of qualification. Yeah. And here's my expertise. Here's why we have this meeting. Yeah. But I mean, most of the qualifications of of the, their understanding is already there if you're meeting with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Really mirroring too. I mean, sales one on one is you know, but re- reading body language, but also mirroring what that other person at the other side of the table is doing. Yeah. The way their tempo is, the way they're talking, the way their body, you know, body language is, you know, how they're sitting, how they're looking at you, are they making eye contact? Right. All that stuff is so important. You know, yeah. with especially within a face to face meeting, which, again, COVID has has put a lot of you know has put a little turn and a little wrench in the zooms and the teams and all the different calls that are out there these days. But again, you know, the way that you approach the zoom call is just the same way you should approach, you know, a, an in-person meeting, right. Yeah. You know, making sure that you're, you're dressed to impress, making sure that you're, you know, having the right tempo when you're yeah. talking to somebody, you're not talking too fast, not talking too slow, sort of making sure them, just yeah. mirroring is really critical in sales. That's, That's probably good. been the biggest change in the last 12 months is that, you know, lack of personal connection. You know, yeah. it's, it's obviously tougher to read body language when, you guys are looking at each other through head. Yeah, all you see is a head and who knows what's going on down below. So it's uh, it's definitely made it unique, but I think it's also just helped everybody to sharpen their skills a little bit right. and kind of get maybe to the point more of what you're trying to convey. All right. So for sales, like you've got to keep your your head in the game. You got to keep your mind right. You got to keep you know yourself sharp, right? So if you're sitting eating pizza and drinking lots of alcohol and you just did the night before a big sale... Uh, or pitch, you know, it's not going to be good. No. So like, <laughs> what are your kind of like your secrets for, you know, making sure that you guys are in the right game, the heads in the game, your, your mind's right. Yeah. So over the last, I would say last couple of years now, our team has really focused on a culture, but also, you know, wellness and self-help, you mm-hmm. know, and really, you know, what that means, you know, can mean a lot of different things, a lot of different people. But for me personally, 
Um, what I've tried to, what I've tried to, you know, start my day off right with meditation. Meditation has been critical for us, for for me anyways. Through even throughout the day, yeah. breathing exercises and and really understanding what meditation is and how that can really slow your mind down, which will mm-hmm. make you more productive in the future. Um, when so, you say meditation, you know, some people think of like this whole sitting and cross leg with this, but meditation can be a lot of different things. Meditation you can meditate can sure. while you're driving. You can, I mean, you don't probably want to do it while you're driving. Just but, don't do it with your eyes closed. Yeah, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't like, do it with tell, your eyes tell closed. Tell us kind of what your but, version of meditation is. So again, so my meditation can be anywhere from two minutes to a half an hour. And it just depends on kind of where I'm at. But I can meditate in my office and no one even knows that I'm doing it. Right. So it's just breathing, just slowing down mm-hmm. and just focusing on my breath mm-hmm. or just focusing on you know, a certain topic and just really just shutting down for a couple minutes to, 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 to re-energize um, has been critical and, and really helped, helped me personally. And then also going back to, you know, eating right, being prepared, you know, exercise yeah. is critical. Yeah. I used to think that, you know, guys that would go out and run during lunch, they're not being proactive. You know, they're, they're not being productive. Sure. They're, they're wasting time. They're there not, could be another 10 they could be out there too. Yeah. But, right. but reality is, is that, the guys that spend the time on themselves in the mornings or in the, at lunch or at night or whatever time they can make it happen, they're way more productive. You During know, if you have a ma- healthy, matter, healthy yeah. body and, and a healthy mind, you're going to be so much better for your clients, so much better mm-hmm. for your family, so much better for the, you know, f- for your community. Right. So really focusing on, you know, slowing down and taking that time for yourself because it is so important these days it really with is. all the stress that we have and all the, just all the toxic stuff that's going on when you turn the TV on and whatnot, you got to just unplug and just really focus on, okay, what makes me healthy? What can I do for myself? That's going to be able to help the rest of the team to be able to help my clients, be able to help my partners or whatever the case may be is. So that's what I do. I I mean, from a, you know, health standpoint, if you go work out, if you're eating healthy, you know, physically you feel better, but all that stuff at the end of the day gets conveyed to the clients. Right. Right. I mean, right. if you're trying to pitch them on something or, or have too much of a sales hat on, all that stuff comes through. Right. Or it's almost like it a, makes you more confident. It's almost like a desperation, too. you know, like that gets you, conveyed if you're not. Yeah. When not you healthy. take care of yourself, it, it comes out. You can, for some reason, you just naturally get more confident. Because because you don't you feel you don't good. Stress. You feel good. You yeah. feel confident. You know, you're sitting up straight and you have all yeah. the energy in the world to go, you know, and your body, kill. your body is, is actually giving you what you're supposed you know it's, it's actually performing better because absolutely you've done the things that you need to do to you know like when you sweat you're getting rid of toxins like when totally, you yeah. you know when you br- do the breathing right you're 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 taking a moment to just sort of regather your, totally. your thoughts and there's so I mean, much look at some of the best that, you know some of the sure. best athletes in the world you know you look at you know look at them and kind of see what they do and you know I, I relate sales to a lot of you know to to like a professional sports and it's a lot of the same game you're playing with the top you know when right. when you're at the level of sales where where, where you want to be you're at the top of your game the competition yeah. is fierce yep. and you have to look at it like like you're on a professional team right. where you have to be mind body and spirit you have to be there at all times and making sure that you're taking care of your mind taking care of your body because again that's gonna you know that's gonna be a direct you know production of what of how you go about the business now go go you go about your day so yeah so um you know right now mortgage brokers they're very it's very much up and down depending on the rates you know a lot of a lot of mortgage brokers do a good amount of refinances they do a good amount of purchase business but sometimes the you know when the refinance dries up because of the rates then you know it's it's kind of like their their volume is dropped you guys kind of went through when covid first hit 
probably a time where it was a little slower, right? What did you guys do to say, I'm not just going to you know, let this affect me and I'm just not going to just take this, this slow time. What did you guys do to build your business during that time and say, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to double down. I'm going to get more business instead of just be like, well, what do I do here? You know, there's nobody leasing space or whatever it was. I think we, we took it as a great opportunity. Um, you know, we really honed in and kind of huddled as a team. We started doing calls with all of our large institutional clients on a weekly basis. And so we just had, I mean, our calendars were, were brutal. It was 12 hours being on the phone every single day. Hunting for, for the business, just, right? You know, hunting and just keeping just people updated, communicating. I mean, just having, you know, all of these sales cycles are long lived, right? right? So, you know, making sure the relationships are as strong as possible. Um, we went through and actually were hosting our own kind of, you know, podcasts for clients, giving them updates on stuff completely unrelated to sales. Yeah. Just good, kind of like Bryce said, mind, body, spirit, just health things, exercises. Like giving back and just you know. good ways to keep sanity when we were right. all kind of losing it a little right. bit during COVID. Um, we did that for about 60 days and then it was like, you know, floodgates open back up and everybody remembered all those communications and everything. We got great feedback from our clients because um, it helped them to kind of refocus as well. Yeah. Um, it was almost like a support network we kind of helped to, to create, which was great feedback from. Yeah. I That's mean, good. I mean, again, everybody was at home. We were all doing the same thing. Clients, yeah, right. I don't care who you were, you were all at home. Right. So like Brant said, doing the podcast, we did meditation podcasts. We did yoga podcasts. We did you know, uh, self-help podcast. We have a get, keeping yourself in the forefront of your clients, you know, mind again, so. again, being creative. Yeah. So well, we also, attack this, this downtime with a creative way where we'd like, we said, like we said, we, we did, we did podcasts. We did, mm -hmm. you know, live stream videos. We, we did, you know, um, opportunities to be able to help our clients in what, whether it be the yoga retreats that we did online or we did, you know, we did all different types of things and think about commercial real estate. What does yoga have to do with commercial nothing. real estate? Absolutely. But you're nothing. adding value to, but you're adding value to the trying client. to get yeah. creative one. And then also it's just, it's a great, like where we started this whole conversation at the beginning of the podcast, just relationship building. Right. You know, the guys see that we're reaching out and trying to be proactive and being creative. That's completely outside of, anything to do with sales and it shows that just you to keep care that relationship. and you're not just about getting the closing the deal. It's not about exactly. the deal. It's, yeah. it's like you actually care about this client and what their well being. It should never yeah. be about the deal. It should never be about the making the, even when, when times are great or times are bad, it should never be about making the money. I money is going you can to master come. that. Then you are going to win. Money's well, going to come no matter what. Then at some point it's going to flare out. Right. Right. I mean, you just, Nobody has enough stamina. There's not enough contacts out there in the community or in the market. Right. I mean, you have to be able to have long lasting relationships and be able to keep a deal cycle full. Right. If not, you're always going to have the ebbs and flows in the market. You know, as soon as anything changes, right. you're going to be the first to go or to be affected. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what kind of, instead of being reactive, you're being proactive. You're, totally. you know, especially with jumbo mortgages with what we do. It really is about making sure those clients, you you know, stay in touch with them. You give them value. You you know, especially when things have kind of slowed down a little bit, you want to just stay in touch. You want to, you know, check in with them. You know, ask about their kids, ask about their totally. families. Yep. What's their, you know, ask about their business because a lot of these deals are entrepreneurs too. For us, like you guys deal a lot with business owners, entrepreneurs. Same here. So if you're asking about them, make, it just kind of reflects back that you care, right? Like and it's being genuine and really, you yeah. actually really do care too. It's yeah. not just, you're doing it for the sale. And right. again, like, like I said, money well, that is makes a, the, the, your job worthwhile then because it's, yeah, it's it gives you purpose. rewarding, right? It it's gives not, you purpose. Well, it's you're also about, yeah. without even knowing it, maybe you're, you know, you're kind of further bettering yourself and educating yourself about what other industries are doing, how they operate. Right. I mean, a lot of the stuff for the processes we have in place didn't come from, 
sales books or from other brokers. You know, you kind of looked at other industries. Right. You know, and of, your clients and how they are clients. Exactly. And kind of learn from how what they... works with, with their business and, you know, taking different little nuggets of positive information and kind of combining all of it together. That's um, good. Because there's just, there's a lot of, you know, amazing intellect out there that you can pull from and tap into. And people are usually pretty willing to share that. Yep. We do have, you know, it's it's an interesting business that we have and there's right now there's an influx of new salespeople that are joining the mortgage business trying to learn trying to absorb and you know they're lucky because they have youtube they can listen and watch podcasts like this to learn we didn't have that when we started we had you know just feet in the fire just jump in kind of learn from your your friends or your colleagues was there something that sort of shook kind of your world when you first started that sort of said I need to, you know, this is, this is going to help me. Is there any advice you could give someone just starting in the industry? Yeah, I think, you know, I think the biggest thing for, for when I first started was there was teams did not exist. Right. And, you know, it was definitely going against the grain to create a team. So the first thing I did was went against the grain and created a team. Mm. And I think that was by far the most successful thing that I've done in my career is to, to put good people around me. So yeah. creating the team when it wasn't the most popular thing to do was mm -hmm. what, what we did. Um, also when times are rough, like in 2008, nine, 10, we actually hired more people. Um, we actually ramped up our business, you know, double fold. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, our, our team, you know, when times got tough, we, we didn't pull back and retreat. We pushed forward and, you know, just like in war, you know, you don't, you don't run the other direction, right. you, you run straight for it. And right. that's exactly what we did when it, when it came to, you know, either starting the team or when times got tough. Cause again, the, the economy is a cycle, you know, we're, we're right. going to have another downtime. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, hopefully sure. not anytime soon, knocking on wood right now. You right. guys hear that? <laughs> um, but reality is, is things, you know, we're, we're in the roaring twenties right now and I don't see mm -hmm. that slowing down anytime soon, but again, it's going to slow down. Yeah. And when, when that happens, you have to reinvent yourself again. Yeah. So I think the best thing to do is being able to be nimble, being able to be able to adapt, uh, being able to, you know, reinvent yourself. Right. Um, and just be, you know, be aggressive, um, you know, but stay your path, whatever path that is, whether it be mortgage, whether it be real estate, I don't care what you're selling. It all comes down to relationships and it all becomes down to keep your course, making sure that you're focused, making sure you have, you know, a clear goal, a clear objective, and then just putting your head down and showing that grit, you know, yep. grit is, you know, critical in this whole thing. What One of the things you said that just struck a chord with me is, is literally, I wonder how many people have a goal, right? Like that, write it down and say, this is what I want to do. Totally. Because yeah. I think if you're not doing that right out the gate, that's the first thing you have. To I was going to say, that's, that's the first thing I think. From you have to know where to you're anybody. headed. If Otherwise not, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. You know, be bold, make some really aggressive goals right. that you don't have any possible idea of how you're ever going to accomplish. And like then your figure out your track right? pace, you know, yeah. for what you're going to do in order to hit the goals. Right. And yeah. then really stick to it. I yeah. mean, if you, if you're truly accountable, I don't care how big the goal is or what the stretch is. There's no way that you're not going to achieve it. It might not be the first year if it's, you know, way out there and right. and you're really swinging for the fences, but in year two, three or four, you'll hit it. Yeah. And then you reassess. And I mean, we're constantly updating our goals, pushing ourselves, pushing one another. Yeah. Um, and just being, you know, as bold as possible and not being afraid to make mistakes because it's going to happen, but right. it's the only way that you're going to be able to, you know, swing for the fences, really make meaningful improvements. To make, I mean, to, to make it a basic, a basic analogy, it's like, you don't get in your car, just go 
drive to right. whatever. You have a goal. You know where you're going to go, right? You, yeah. you prepare to get to that place. Right. Just like life. I mean, it's it just like anything in your life. You prepare for it. You set that goal. You write that goal down. Mm-hmm. Put it on, put pen to paper is critical in, in, in creating goals. Put that goal down and on paper. And put it somewhere and then, you can see it and, too. Yeah, make, right. it in, make it in line of sight. I mean, I have goals that are, you know, right in front of my monitor where right. I look at them daily, whether some, some goals are just day goals and some goals are, you know, Big lifetime goals, yeah. goals right. you know, and making sure that you're doing everything you can on a day-to-day basis to increase, you know, you, you know, whatever goal you're is like, you know, for, for instance, for me, I have a net worth, you know, Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. I look at my net worth every day and people say that's crazy, but I look at how I can improve my net worth personally on a day-to-day basis. That's good. So trying to figure out, okay, if I can do this, I've if I can do that. If I can change this or if I can be better at that, you know, I'm going to increase my net worth. And, and again, it's not all about money, but yep. you know, at the end of the day, sales is a, a product of money, obviously. And, yeah. and, and you want to do whatever you can to increase your net worth. I mean, that's what I do anyways. Yeah. But I mean, goals are, goals are goals, right? It could be a, you know, education goal or a financial yeah. goal or a, a want goal, you know, yeah. something for your family, whatever the case is. I want three and a half kids by this day. Exactly. <laughs> three and a half. Perfect. I heard someone say something recently that really struck like uh, I keep saying struck a chord, but it's, it really struck like, yeah, a lot of chords to strike. Cord. Cause I play guitar, you, you know, play so, the guitar. So that's, <laughs> so, so, so really that struck you. that G chord. Yep. No, but, um, they said, what do you want? And when yeah. you think that way and you write it down, then you'll, you'll find, you know, you'll get there. Well, totally. then the key is to not just writing it down in the when, but actually reviewing it on a regular basis yeah. and setting it with your team or with yourself right. where you're going to review it on a regular basis. Yeah. Cause I think everybody that's ever been in business has also made the mistake of we got the business plan. We have the goal, we have the when, mm-hmm. and then they store it away and don't look at it for until the next <laughs> business plan year. You got to keep it right. Forefront. So, I mean, you got to keep not it in the present. forefront. You know, yeah. it's, it, you're not going to achieve it. I mean, it has yeah. to be right in the front and center every single day. Absolutely. So what have you guys, you know, there's always these new trends of like getting in a sauna or, you know, doing, you know, taking a little nicotine pad, like what are, what are the, what are some things that really help you guys? You know, and some of the trends are cold showers, you know, like there's the, the cold plunge stuff, yeah. all the of cold the above. plunge, you know, like, right. Like, is there anything that's working better than, than another thing? I would say starting your day off, right. will definitely set the trend for the balance of your day. So whatever, whatever you do, um, to start your day off, right. For me, I meditate. And then I'll do, uh, you know, exercise. I'll do something outdoors. Mm -hmm. You know, I get up early. I start my day early. I'm up at 430. I start my day up early early every morning. And I have my same process that I start every morning. And if I, if I don't do that, one of those steps in my process, my whole day doesn't, for some reason, it just doesn't feel right. Right. So I would stick, you know, if, you know, for my advice is I would stick to a plan, whatever, whatever that is planned for you, stick to it. And then it'll set your day up for success. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Just being in a routine. I mean, it's just like if you didn't take, which I think really is impactful for people in sales. If you take like the minutia of what your suit that you're going to wear that day is or, you know, what car you're taking or what meetings you have, you know, if everything's already kind of pre-planned and preset. It's like all those decisions for me personally are made the night before. And so you're, you almost become a robot in that sense for the stuff that's less important or impactful to the day Mm -hmm. from a successful, you know, business output. That's good. So, um, something you've taught yourself lately? What have I taught myself lately? So, I'm working on this whole concept of pausing. 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 And really understanding, and and again, I am... pause right now? This pause. Let's just take a minute. But really pausing and not 
talking when they have that weird, uncomfortable silence, which is very difficult for a salesman because yeah. all we want to do is talk. Yep. And I am a student at this because I'm learning and it's in it's uh it's a, it's a difficult process for me personally because I do tend to talk a lot. So being able to pause and take a breath, take a breath and, and listen to what the client or what my wife is talking about or mm -hmm. what any, or or my kids or whatever the case is pausing. And then the second thing is being present, being present in whatever situation. Notice I haven't looked at my phone the entire time I've been on this podcast. It's freaking really difficult to, to, to do that. Well, we, but, we can kind of all be addicted to our phones. Oh, right? totally. I mean, these, this but being able to be is, present, yeah. I think is, is, is key and really being able to just pause, breathe. And then the next step is just being present. Being present's key. Yeah. That's, that's my, my self taught help. That's good. Of the day. I yeah. think, uh, you know, we do have a large team and we have a lot of younger and newer people on our team. Um, just from a, a tenure and experience standpoint. So this is really more, you know, me maybe taking advantage of those benefits and learning from younger people on the team. I mean, yeah. technology and how fast that's moving and stuff's changing daily right. um, that, you know, we'd love to say that we're in front of, but there's always opportunities for improvement. Uh, but also just look at the business through a different lens. I mean, I've been doing this for 16 years now. Bryce is going on 20 plus. Um, so you almost get kind of stuck in certain ways that, Right. They've historically always worked and, you know, you try to fine tune and, and better your approach, you know, mm -hmm. at every turn, but, you know, being able to look at it through kind of a, a newer person's eyes and figuring out, you know, what they see for opportunities or the questions that they have that constantly just has kind of light bulbs that, that turn on for things that, you know, maybe you could just kind of parked and, and assumed right. it wasn't uh you know, it wasn't a focus point. So I, I love it. You, you actually t can teach yourself that other people can teach you things. Yeah, I mean, just being yeah. open to, I guess it goes back to listening, really. Yeah. Um, but you're listening to people that maybe you wouldn't think to listen to just based on, you know, their lack of experience in the industry or their lack of tenure. Right. Sometimes some of the, what seem to be, you know, dumbest questions or most juvenile, you know, questions of things are actually great opportunities that you might be overlooking. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that come, kind of coming, people are coming back together, like at work and, you know, some of the things that are happening are there's there's some collaboration that we missed out on when you're when you're on Zoom. You know, you just some so for some reason there's almost a, it's like when you're in person there's a different energy, right? For sure, for sure. And 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 things happen when you're in person where you know something might pop up an idea or you know you might work through a problem. So how how important do you think it is for people to be in a, in an office setting or like be together again? I personally, I mean, for for our business, for our team, I think it's paramount. Yeah. I mean, we we short lived the stay at home. Yeah. Um, for about three or four months, our corporate mm -hmm. office was still closed, actually still is, yeah. and we went offsite and rented our own office yeah. down by the beach. It was more of kind of a lifestyle opportunity, but just to get everybody back together. Yeah. And that collaboration and the opportunity to be able to talk through things and also just the physical, you know, in person. Um, it just, it changed the energy level for everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it doesn't have to be every single day, but I think it, if it was every day, you'd probably have that much more collaboration more right? for sure. And, yeah. it, and it fuels competition. I mean, mm -hmm. internally, it's always good to have some healthy competition going back right. and forth or, you know, quick questions of, you know, let's try this or let's do this differently and let's try to grow over in this area. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a lot more beneficial to do real time versus picking up a phone or send an email. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to be said about the old school way of doing certain things. That's true.
Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think people people got used to working from home, working in their pajamas, but that's not reality. <laughs> yeah. Reality is get your ass back and back to the office and get back to work. And you know, I I think I think at the end of the day, you know, like Brand said, we we did that kind of early on within this whole COVID thing, and I think you know collaboration is key and mm-hmm. you can you can only get so much from a phone or some so much from a zoom call face to face. I'm back on planes. Now I'm back traveling, meeting with clients, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's people say that the way that we do business has changed forever. Mm-hmm. Well, I disagree. I mean, I think you can, you can, you can do work from remotely, yeah. but you still need to have that face to face. You oh, still need sure. to be able to interact with people being able to yeah. look someone in the eyes and shake their hand. I mean, as soon as this, yeah. you know, it just, I mean, that, that goes a long ways. It really well, does. I would argue right now, there's even a better opportunity to do that. You know, everybody's oh, yeah. been cooped up. Everybody's been stuck at home and you have your families and the dog and just working from your home office, whatever that looks like. And, mm-hmm. you know, people, at least our experience with clients, they're excited to get out. I mean, they oh, want to yeah. meet with you. They want to tell you more than they normally would. They want right. to open up and just, you know, it's spend a, a huge lot more opportunity time, right for now. For sure. Oh, people, this is the time to strike. Absolutely. If you, you want to really get an advantage and get a head start. Totally agree. Um, yeah, I think this is this is this is the time. We gotta we gotta go. Well, you've done a great job at a John with this whole podcast and you know, kind of what you. you've done with your business. I mean, it's amazing. Obviously the the mortgage company business has was was affected dramatically in the very beginning of mm-hmm. this. And I mean, just the success stories, what you've done it has been amazing to watch. Thank you, man. So it's been it's been exciting to watch you know, from, from the sidelines, seeing your business grow and, you know, being creative, doing these podcasts, you know, doing, you know, doing that extra step, I think goes a long way. Trying to give, you know, give back to the, to teach the community a little bit and show them that, look, non-QM mortgages aren't that hard They're you know, and, and there's, there's ways we can get, you know, origination. We can, we can find people to get referrals from, you can find other ways to get business. It's not all just, you know, the lowest rate and, and, you know, that's just like this churning little spigot hamster wheel. yeah hamster wheel like so so one last thing i wanted to ask you guys was um you know you guys are in commercial real estate mortgage brokers typically go for you know residential real estate agents but have you guys ever had mortgage brokers try to get you know referrals from you since you do deal with a lot of entrepreneurs um what would be a way a mortgage broker could approach someone like you to say you know you could introduce them to say they're you know one of your clients that says you know they all have houses too right Sure. So like what would be a good way for a mortgage broker to approach you to where you could maybe refer them business? Not that they're going to do that, but you know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure that that's in the back of some people's minds. I, mean, I think it's just like anything with networking or just having, you know, kind of the boldness to reach out and start communication and conversations with us. Right. Um, you know, to your point, I mean, there's a lot of our kind of individual high net worth or entrepreneurial clients all reside somewhere in Southern California. Typically, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. 80% of them anyways, um, and those would be, you know, great opportunities for you guys to grow your business. Yeah, mortgage I mean, and we've done a ton of business with other mortgage brokers in the industry. And it's, you know, right. kind of a way of how we can all come together to help each other out for the benefit of the client. Right. Um, which might sound a little hokey, but at the end of the day, if we have an opportunity to plug a client of ours into, you know, a, a good relationship there, right. then it just makes us that look, look that much better and also strengthens that relationship. That's yeah, good. we don't we don't typically look for referral fees from from our point of view. Our point of view, the referral that we get is by you doing a good job for our client. Right. Yeah. So I mean, again, you know, making it's, you it look good, and, making us look good yeah. goes a lot further than giving us ten percent or fifteen percent or twenty percent referral fee. Right. Although we don't 
you know, say no to it, but I will tell you that it goes we'll a long way. take ways. it if you send it our way, but no, but it, <laughs> it really goes it a long way to be able to be that, like Brantley, you know, you, you use the analogy of the, of the spoke in the wheel, yeah. just, a, just another spoke that helps that wheel move and wheel turn. Right. So I think just, you know, creating those relationships with those brokers, commercial, residential, it doesn't matter, whatever it is. I think just having a relationship and then being able to just give that client your best service, that's the best referral for you can ever give. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Well, anything else you want to leave us with? Uh, thank you for the uh, for the opportunity. You have a great yeah. setup here. We're really proud thank of you. you. All the you. stuff you've accomplished. Thank you, guys. And um, yeah, thank you very much. Well, yeah, obviously, I have you on the show because I respect you guys and what you're doing. So, well, thank you. Thanks for uh, that, sharing your skill. You know, your your tips on how to be crushing it in 2021. I like it. Love well, it. Yeah, thanks for your time. We appreciate the time and looking forward to doing this again with you. And please like, share, subscribe. Ask questions, send comments, let us know who you want to see on this podcast, and thanks for watching.